everybody. Welcome to TRB. This is the Resistance Broadcast, and we are here to talk to you about a bunch of things, actually. This is a bit of a yeah. hybrid show because uh, we had a guest with us on Thursday. Greg Grunberg, Snap Wexley himself, joined us. He entered the Resistance base. He came and hung out, was so generous with his time, so generous with his stories. I felt emotional. I felt side-splitting laughter like the whole gamut of good emotions your voice is on, on jj's Twitter. phone apparently <laughs> not only did i have to do my impression of jj abrams which i'm still not sure how i did because i haven't want, gone back incredible. to incredible yeah it was it, john it was incredible, incredible. <laughs> thanks <laughs> but Unless I don't think he was fooling me, he said he texted it to JJ. I don't so, think he would lie about something like that. He seems like a very and, genuine person. And he said, next yeah. time he comes on, he's gonna tell us what his reaction was to it. So that's ridiculous. But uh, thank you to everybody who is joining us today on TRB because we have a really good show. We actually have a lot of different segments. Uh, it's gonna be a bit of a hybrid show because we're gonna talk the news that we were um, gonna touch on this past Thursday. But we're still going to catch up with you today on that. And some of that is important for tonight anyway. Mando. Um, and then also we have a Kessel run later in the show. And of course, a very good Patreon pod race uh, coming up from Jeremy. But James and Lacey are with me here as always. Um, you know, I know it was a Thursday. Maybe people are just catching up on it now. Um, but Greg Grunberg, one of the best guests we've ever had without question. Um it was one of those things where he was like, I got to go in a bit here. And sometimes you feel an interview ending from your perspective. That one, I'm like, I could have hung out all night drinking with that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he kicked it off being like, oh, you're drinking. Let me go get some whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. He was mm -hmm. he was so great. And I like the fact that we got to um, talk about his his site. Let's talk about it. Org. Um, yeah, of course, you know, he, he he's pushing epilepsy.com. Um, his walks that he's going to be doing in LA, in DC for epilepsy. His son is living with epilepsy. I believe he's now in his 20s and he, you know he's doing well. But uh, I like the fact that he, um, we, we, you know, we gave him the opportunity to talk about it and he educated us on it. He educated our audience on it. And we made a donation. But I think what's cooler than that is a bunch of our listeners chimed in and uh, either matched our donation or exceeded it. And um, I just think that's a show of what a community can do. But um, more Amazing. importantly, I just want to thank Greg for for coming on and having um, the chance to talk about that. But then also all the amazing stories he told us about his career and life and his friendships and uh, all these people that we like to watch that are apparently really good people, too, which always feels good. Yeah, he was it was a whirlwind of a night with a lot of different <laughs> things going on. And I, you know, I'm getting ready for the show and then, uh, you know, putting the baby to bed and then I'm texting Greg and Greg's like, I'm coming on. And I'm like, oh, OK. So then I'm going back to John James being like, so in 20 minutes, we had a whole different uh, show plan. Yeah, <laughs> it's Which kind is of going to turn into this. We normally do our news on Thursdays now, but yeah. we, we had to have him on. It was going to be a great opportunity and uh, such a fun show. And then and then Amazing. now we're going to try to cover a little bit of that news that we missed last week. But it was all worth it because Greg was just Absolutely. so wonderful and. Uh, oh god we would you know do it anytime he was like hey can i come on we would have said yes absolutely so yeah. uh i'm just 
very happy with how well it went. And I think he had a really good time. We had, a, I, I can't stop smiling about how awesome it was. Uh, he was, he was really great. I'm upset that Greg Grunberg is not my neighbor. Right. Oh, he, he talks about how neighbor. Howie Mandel is his neighbor. And I'm like, can I be your neighbor? <laughs> yeah. Can I, I know. That neighborhood? Like I I've seen him post on either like Twitter or Instagram of him, like, like just grilling. And I'm like, I want to hang out at, in your backyard and just chill. <laughs> Dude, he's <laughs> like legit neighbor, like the neighbor of neighbors. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, he will, he's always going to be a neighbor of ours because he was in the, the, the quote unquote real resistance in star Wars. And now he's a, he's got a key to our resistance space. So Greg, can't wait to have you back. Can't wait to hear about JJ's reaction to my mediocre impression. And, uh, but thank you. Um, but we have a great show we're going to get into here. We're going to talk about lightsabers later on our Kessel run. Um, and we have some news to get into. Um, but uh, anything you guys want to uh, tell our audience before we get into the news? No, I'm ready to talk some yeah. Star Wars. Other than, all right, James. Uh, yeah, all about lightsabers in a, in a little bit. But let's get to that news first. Let's kick it off. Go. It's the resistance. Today is the day, guys. Tonight is the night. We got news last Thursday, I think, that uh, it was kind of an official announcement. Hey, hey, we're kicking off. There's going to be football and sports ball, and like people are going to be throwing things around. Also, look forward <laughs> to a special presentation from Lucasfilm as we present the Mandalorian season three trailer on the on uh for, for just so casual Raven's at the bottom of their press release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like to you know almost nobody who watches football is going to like read that. So it's like at the bottom, um, you know, James, I have to, I have to pick a bone with you because he said sports ball. Yes. You're this big sports nut now for soccer. And then you're still throwing the sports ball out there. I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm feeding into the crowd that is excited about the game and not the Mandalorian trailer. Like that stereotype. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, football. We're watching football and all this, mm-hmm, this stuff. And mm-hmm, then there's like mm-hmm. us. That's like, okay, well, I'm watching for the Mandalorian trailer. That's the only reason. James, and I saw a lot know? of that on Twitter. People being like, I can't wait to be bored for three hours to finally oh, get what I want. It'll be around nine thirty or so east. Yeah. Um, but James, did you know that in everywhere else in the world except the United States, soccer is called football. It's called foosball. In other countries, in that trailer tonight, we're gonna react to it. <laughs> yeah, that trailer's coming tonight, and uh, we don't know what's gonna be in it, but we would like to take a little bit of time to maybe speculate on what we could potentially see. Um, Lacey, what are your thoughts on the uh, Mandalorian trailer that's coming tonight, and what are we gonna get a glimpse of? Yeah, I. Guys, madness, uh, Mando madness has begun. I'm so hyped for this series. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come back. Uh, this is the year of Pedro Pascal between this and The Last of Us. He is just killing it. Uh, I think there's obviously going to be times where those overlap, right? And there's going to be days that it's like every week you're watching two big shows with him in it. That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, so they're releasing this 
according to them, exclusive trailers. So I'm assuming that there's going to be footage that they probably showed at Celebration that we haven't seen yet, along with some type of moment at the end that's going to leave us all going, oh, my God, because that's how they cut trailers now. They have all these like little beats here and there. And then at the very end, they leave you with that last clip, you know, like the Palpatine (laughs) laugh, that last (laughs) to leave you with the logo. I can't wait to see what the logo is because we've had kind of that orangey logo in the first season and then the blue smoke logo in the second season is it, it's supposed to be like a green right have they showed that yet or not really well no so um, it, to me it was the like teal colored like of right. him walking with the sunset behind him so it was like orange and teals it's right. actually this image right here if, if i move this actually it's kind of reflecting so you can't really see it but it's that one Right. I feel um, like they released it. It was like kind of a greenish. Am I lying? I might be lying. I don't know. To me, I, I think of season one and I think of like the brown it is. of the planet. It is a green. This was more like a teal. So season one is the Mandalorian by himself. Season two is the Mandalorian with uh, Grogu in a bag. And season three is like, it goes like orange or yellow, orange to green. And it's Mando with Grogu next to him on the ground standing. Mm-hmm. So that is um, the current kind of art for Mandalorian. So we're going to get the new animated logo for that, which is kind of cool. Um, I just sent it for you guys in the chat to see. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, but I'm excited to just see them back again. Like these characters who are only a couple of years old for us, they mean so much to me and to, to so many Star Wars fans. It's just like, that one thing that everybody agrees on is awesome. Like everybody loves the Mandalorian people outside of star Wars love the Mandalorian. So I'm just hyped to be hyped and I can't wait to just freak out and write in all caps and be all excited and react to this trailer with these guys and just be loving star Wars again. There's been kind of a gap here for a little bit and especially with the Mandalorian and I just can't wait. It's my favorite. It's my favorite live action series. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, mm-hmm. any thoughts on uh, what we could see? Story elements well, or like just uh, trailer breakdown? Yeah, big moment in the trailer is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to, I mean, we're going to try to do a live reaction to it, um, which I think is cool because we don't do that very often. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do in terms of trying to push the envelope from a visual perspective. Um, you know, I'm a story for character first, story second. Um, I think characters tell the story and then visuals third. But I think there's this vibe when you saw the early footage of Mando season three that felt a bit grander and bigger. And you got to think and thank maybe Andor for stepping it up a bit when it comes to these disney plus series i think like looking back on like for example like looking back on obi-wan kenobi now which i really enjoyed a lot and i felt that series got better and better as it went on especially the last two episodes um after watching andor i'm like i i wish obi-wan was made with a bigger budget like this and i think that a lot of people feel that way um because mm-hmm. obi-wan i'm like this is just what star wars tv is going to be you know we're gonna it's, it's going to be lower budget but we're still going to get what we want um, but Andor up the ante, and I feel like Mando season three is going to bring that a bit 
yes, they're still filming in Manhattan Beach, Southern California, some locations, sure. But it just looks by that footage that we're going to get something bigger here. And I think the story is going to go with that. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with the introduction of characters from Rebels. I think we're, there's a chance we could see a, maybe a Sabine in this trailer. Because that cat's out of the bag. Pretty much. You think a glimpse of her, or do you think full yeah, on? I, I, I think that could very well happen. I think we may see in the, um, in the trailer. Yeah, I think we could. Yes. Do you think you could see uh, Hera? Do you think they're saving Hera for this? I, I don't know that they would go more than one of those characters. Uh, so I think if you're going to do one, do Sabine because you know we're thinking Dark Saber is going to be a big part of this, big mm -hmm. MacGuffin, a big uh, element of this series, Mandalore. Um, but I think the final end of the trailer is going to be Moff Gideon. I think it's going to be the reemergence of this character. They need to reestablish him as a fearful villain after where he left off in season two. We constantly keep hearing Giancarlo Esposito being the most outspoken person from that cast, as he usually is, but more so with this return. Um, and I don't think that's by accident. I think they want to make his presence felt again. And there's rumors about what he's going to look like and what he's obsessed with. And he kind of alluded to like being obsessed with Mandalorians or maybe being wanting to be one. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be that big pop after the logo is hit, seeing what he looks like now. What if um, it's him being like really moody and talking to like the Mandalorian or someone else and just being like, you don't know what you're up against. And then they tease Thrawn. We could, it, that's very possible. And we could also find out that maybe he was, I, I don't know if he has a fleshed out backstory or not. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I hope not. Mm -hmm. um, what if he was from Mandalore and he got banished or something? And that's why he's obsessed with the Darksaber and he's mm -hmm. such a, uh, an angry person who, who affiliated with somebody else. But I'm speculating a lot, but I think he needs to be an important focus to this. The obvious other being seeing more of Mando and Grogu. And uh, I, I hope just for the sake of that I love her dear, dearly, I hope we see Amy Sedaris' uh, Peli Motto again. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, John, I think you're right on the Moff Gideon thing because like, uh, well, I'll, like th they wouldn't end with Sabine if Sabine's in the trailer because you have to think that's going to land so flat with be most a quick, people. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think she will be in the trailer because... Um, I think the tone of Mandalorian and how they deliver that things uh, is going to be based the same way that they did Ahsoka in the sense of like, we got, we had all these rumors. Oh, they're going to show Ahsoka in a trailer and they never did. It was just totally like, that's the day a good that point. Came yep. up, it was like yep. the Jedi and she's just, yep. she just walks into the room. She's there. And um, so I don't think they, they go with that. That's not their style. Um, so I, and not to mention, she doesn't really have anything to do with this. She's a teaser anyway for the other series, in mm -hmm. my opinion. So I think you're right with Moff Gideon. I think he could be a big one. But in my mind, I will say the thing that I think is going to be the hook is they usually tend to let all the trailers thus far have landed on that line. You think your dad's the only Mandalorian. And it doesn't seem like they really show us the result of that. I think they in this trailer for the big wide public trailer they're going to show us what that means and i oh, can't a bunch put of into words mandalorians uh, yeah or i can't put into words exactly what that is maybe it's like grogu wearing mandalorian armor or something like that like what does this lead to or something i don't know but i think that 
what they've done with the trailer so far, and maybe I'm mistaken, maybe I'm forgetting it, but like, I, I don't think they've really showed us. They've teased that line, but they haven't showed us the result of that line. They've like, shown what a gr is... the group. It's like three or four. Yeah, they did them. that. Yeah, that thing. And I think yeah. they've showed a couple other like jumping out of ships and like flying down and stuff like, um, yeah. like they're landing. But when it comes to trailers, in in my mind, at least for Star Wars specifically. I always think there's kind of like there's three trailers. There's the teaser, which shows you a bunch of just random stuff just to get you excited for it. And that's kind mm -hmm. of where we are now. The second trailer is the one where they tell you what this movie or show is going to be about. What's the story? Right. right. Um, and then the third and the final trailer that they put out is the story extended with the hook. What's the big hook of this making it the thing that you can't miss, right? And that's the one that comes out like right before the show starts, like two weeks before. So I think this trailer is going to be the story trailer and they're going to get deliver for us what season three is going to be about. Even though we sort of know that, but I think they're really going to like lay it out and be like, this is the journey for season three. Do you think Plo Koon's going to show up and take Rogu away at the end? 100%. Yeah, me too. That's already leaked. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, nobody's more excited than us. We are very excited and oh, look for yeah. uh, uh, hopeful, you know, God willing, if we can do it, uh, the trailer reaction tonight uh, as it goes live. What's, One the, what's today's date? What's today's date, James? Today's today the 16th. is the 16th. So if it, you do the math, we're like 43 days away from the Mandalorian. 43 guys which means 43 days away from the mando fan show returning too right which i'm very excited about yeah right Mando um, march march madno is march the march mando of mandos man mandoness march mandos mando madness we're going <laughs> keep going okay we we had another story <laughs> let's move on to this one mando sadness when grogu was taken away at the end of season two Right, right. Um, Lucasfilm is expected to reveal the movie slate at this year's celebration and Taika and Feige movies possibly shelved time being. We're getting a little bit of a tip from Jeff Schneider. Um, this guy knows his stuff, man. He's always in it and he tells the truth. He recently dropped some information. Um, well, some confirmation. We kind of already heard a little bit of rumbling. So there, there's that like Lacey, I know you talked about some of his stuff before he technically even said it, but, um, so it was out there, but he's good at confirming that stuff. Uh, in this case, he said that he is uh, very confident about the 2023 star Wars moving movie belonging being the damon lindelof one the one that seems the most next up but mm -hmm. they are going to be doing a 2026 and a 2027 movie and uh nuts, he's saying that they're likely to get announced at star wars celebration because they're lined up uh but whether or not they are the taika watiti movie or the kevin feige movie is in his opinion unlikely because they are not uh, on his on his radar. There, there's no there's nothing coming from them. Uh, that doesn't seem to be where this is headed or where that uh, there's no connection there. To, I'm very I'm paraphrasing him in a lot of that. But 
Um, I'm trying to get the point across that, uh, you know, those things seem to be off the radar from insiders. So are they currently shelved? Like, why did those get announced? Um, So let's just get started on it, John. Why why do you think that we have these Mm. three movies that are in the pipeline and yet we've had uh, Taika and Kevin lined up for so long, yet nothing is uh, lining up with them being involved in these three? I mean, the the Feige thing, he was just producing a movie and maybe priorities got shifted around for him. Um, So I don't know that his movie has any tie to what the fate or situation is with Taika's movie. I think people make that correlation just because Taika's been involved with Marvel a lot and just Mm -hmm. that sense of familiarity. But I don't think there's anything that relates one to the other in terms of why they're in that same boat right now. Um, the only thing I, I can't connect dots on is I believe they said, cause Jeff Snyder is also the one who broke the news about Lindelof. Let's not forget that he was the first right. last March or something. He said, Damon Lindelof is making a star Wars movie. You wait and see or something. And then, then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, John Kazan's talking about it and everyone's talking like about it. Like a week later, he was seen on the set and he's like, yeah, so the lot. <laughs> like, yeah. I just said that. Yeah. So. So, I mean, Jeff Snyder uh, knows his stuff, like you said, James, and he has the Hot Mike podcast with our friend John Roca, um, who is awesome. So what's up, John? Uh, go check out his channel. Uh, Absolutely. The Outlaw, John Roca on YouTube. Um, but I think if they do go back to a movie year, that's wild. I do think we are going to get the full, like a big announcement for the next slate of Star Wars movies uh, headed by the first one with Damon Lindelof. I'd like to think that there's cohesiveness between the movies. I don't know if um, taking risks on three different stories is good, but I also think it's also could be a risk to say like we have one big story and we're going to throw three at you in a row too. So, um, but I been saying it for a while uh, about the Taika thing, just based on his language in interviews, which I kept saying sounded very, very Ryan Johnson ish. You know, it's, you know, here's our logo, our, our schoolhouse rock logo. And here's this Jedi symbol. And I'm so excited to start working on it. And this was like three years ago now. Like mm-hmm. we're entering Ryan Johnson territory where he, and anytime he gets asked about it now, he doesn't have anything coming out now. So he's not being interviewed a lot, but it's, you know, well, working on the story and stuff like that. It's like, you're supposed to be well past that point by now. Something's and going on. And people didn't like, like the last Thor, right? Right. I didn't it see mixed, it. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, mixed reviews is a good. But uh, so I guess just based on his things, I could I, I've been thinking the Taika thing wasn't happening for a while. And I think anything that was announced from a movie perspective, like maybe J.D. Dillard came out and said, like, oh, I'm not doing the Star Wars movie anymore. He confirmed that he was in talks to be doing it or was signed on to be doing one. So I think they cut the cord on whatever they had being being developed and started over. And that includes Ryan Johnson's movies because now he's talking about maybe doing Star Wars TV or just hoping that he can do Star Wars. His I think movie he trilogy, even used the word God willing like James did before. <laughs> his movie trilogy that he had signed a deal for is gone. If he comes back and does something, sure. But that planned trilogy thing, that's not happening anymore. And we know that's from Patty Jenkins that saying. yeah, deals Rogue get pulled Squadron, all the time. Yeah. Taika, J.D. Dillard. I think they said Wiping the whiteboard clear. Damon Lindelof, 2025. That's the first one that we're going forward. So 
I believe this stuff. I, I you know, uh, not just because Jeff Snyder is is a very good uh, reporter, but the 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 just connectivity of all these stories and all these like themes of how these people are talking about this stuff. And I do think, you know, it was a subdued celebration in Anaheim. I had a blast. It was amazing. The only movie they talked about was a not a Star Wars movie, and I make that joke all the time on the podcast lately. But I think they were trying to get things developed again. And then you hear in the summer they had this big meeting with uh, Filoni in the writers' room. They just, I think they just started over, and and they're kicking it off with this Lindelof thing. So I think all this seems right to me, and I think we're going to be surprised what we find out at Celebration. I think we're going to get. Um, the exact opposite of what happened at Anaheim. We're going to get a lot of Star Wars movie news and people aren't expecting it. Like we are because we're podcasters and we're like diving into this to find out. But the right. people who are like taking the family to celebration, they haven't been here in six years in London. Let's go. They're going to go there expecting Return of the Jedi, talk about Mandalorian, and we're going to get bludgeoned with Star Wars movie news. That's what I think. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and... I do, though, think that Taika's movie is toast. We did. Uh, I, I'm, we did a Will I think of the I'm... Force recently where we asked ourselves if we thought movie news was going to be there. Oh, right? I thought you were going to say uh, when John held us hand of the fire, yes or no, is Taika, Taika Waititi's movie gone? Oh, we also dead? did that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I may have the timelines wrong on this, but when was the in Investor's Day where they announced all the new shows and, and all that stuff with Taika and all that? December 2020. 2020. So then when did Bob Chapek become the CEO? The following year? 2021. Like 2021. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. No, I thought 2020. Let me double check. Keep going, James. I'm I was check. curious if he was in that video. Like if he was like, hi, I'm Bob Chapek, CEO of Disney and blah, 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 or something. Anyway, my, my point being, I was, I was like, I wonder if that's when things were like... So they came in and did 2020 to 2022. Okay. So I don't know. Then that maybe doesn't line up. I was thinking maybe he was the one that like, now I'm CEO. I'm changing thing. X Taika Waititi X Kevin Feige X, you know, he was, he was there when they announced it. I think he was the one that pressured them to make announcements. So, all right. So uh, I'm just trying to process the timeline. on. And don't forget James, the theme, the, the, all that's being reported out of places like uh, Matt Bellany with puck news and outlets like Jeff Snyder and stuff. Uh, Bob Iger is more of giving creative power back to the individual studios under the umbrella. So that's something to keep in mind too. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add to this. I, I, th- I think that what you're saying, John, and you know, I think this whole thing, it seems likely that, you know, <laughs> maybe don't look forward to Ryan Johnson stuff. Maybe don't look forward to Tyka stuff. Maybe don't look forward to Kevin Feige stuff. Um, they might just be in a new era and a new mindset and they're moving forward, doing things differently. Um, I don't know why they don't just say that. Cause then it would like end I expectations agree. and yeah. all this stuff. If that's the case, then make that the case. And that's why I've held on to that for so long. Like I'm not going to say Ryan Johnson's things canceled because it's still happening according to him and the, the leadership and other things. They keep saying it. So I have no reason to think they're canceled when they come out and they say it's canceled. I I'll believe it. But right now I always have to read between the lines and I think that's right. a little annoying, but that just means I have to lean on the, it's still happening. But 
I mean, I don't, you know, it goes so long. It's like <laughs> 20 years later, you're like, it could still happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you have to let go at some point. I don't know. Um, but this all makes sense. You got your, you got your movies coming up here. Uh, celebrations right around the corner. looks like he, we got a couple people lined up possibly they're saving him for announcements. I get leaked who knows, but, uh, well, celebration should be when we're looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, Lacey, you so you've been to celebration, you worked at celebration, you were at the one in London last time. Do you get any sense? I I don't know how to phrase this really, but is there any pressure or any difference do you feel in how they announce info at a celebration in Europe versus the ones that they've been doing in the US? Or is there no difference? Because that was a big celebration in the Rogue One, Rogue the solo one. stuff. Mm-hmm. So do you think we're in for for big time here too? Yeah, I've been saying that since like yeah. <laughs> last year. But, but, this but year. based on the, based on this this report and stuff, like what honestly, the most shocking thing in this report for me is that there's a movie happening in 2026, because we've talked about 2025 and we've talked about 2027, and we think 2025 is Damon Lindelof. We think 2027 is the Michael Waldron Kevin Feige movie. What is 2026? When did 2020? Because all that's on the slate right now is December 2025 and December 2027. That third movie that originally was on the calendar got erased, but this report is saying that it's back. And now well, we're getting was... two movies back to back in two, yeah. two years. That's what's interesting. Three years in a row, then, because it'd be yes. 25. Oh my god, yes. I'm I'm an idiot. Yes, three. Yeah, yeah I, when I was and 27. I, I saw well, that I didn't earlier even think about and it wasn't until I was reading it out loud on the podcast right now. I was like 25, 26 and 27. And I was like, is that right? Holy but you crap. know why this is happening too? Like they're losing money on Disney plus and they they're realizing to get people back into the movie theaters. They see Top Gun make a lot of money. They see Avatar make a lot of money. They're like Star Wars is a big movie franchise. We got to get our, you know, what's back in gear and get back in the theaters. I mean, movies make a lot of money and they're kind yeah. of like, especially for Disney, they're a big part of their budgets and a big part of their, you know, shares and profits and everything else. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, what are we doing? Because yeah. if you think about it, Chapik yeah. pivoted and he said, okay, we're going all into streaming. And there were a couple movies people said that were released on Disney Plus that should have been put in the th- movie theater. The Pixar and then- things, yeah. Yeah, and then other way around, there was some stuff I guess that was released in the movie that should have been on Disney Plus. I I don't yeah. know which one's which, but I know people were making those conversations. But I mean, I we talked about this recently. I miss going to the movies for Star Wars. It is a whole different experience. Look, I love watching Mando every week. I love waking up early, even though it kind of sucks because I don't like waking up early to watch Mando. But it's just different when you're in a movie theater with 200 other people or whatever. And just yelling and clapping and and just eating popcorn mm-hmm. and the hype of it around a movie is completely different than a TV show. And I oh, think, man, yeah, this past year the only movie I saw in the movie theater was Top Gun. That is the only one I saw, and it was such a fun experience going to Top yeah. Gun on the first night it was out. It was a fan night. Everyone there was so hyped to see it. I yeah. was like, I had no idea what I was getting into, but it was just. It was fun to go to the movie and then to walk out of the movie with everybody else around you going, oh, my God, that was awesome. Yes. Yeah. You know what? You know, it's funny. Like, I, I know there's like kind of a, a joke of like 
when people clap at the end of a movie, like who are you clapping for? No one who made the movie. When the plane oh, lands. Right? No, that's a plane landing, not movie. No movie too. No, people do movie. clap Absolutely. at the end of a movie. Yeah, I clap that, at the end I, of the movie, but I've never heard someone complain about clapping at the end of the movie. I'm pretty uh, well, sure it's in that like weird. the yeah. like yeah. State Farm or Progressive commercials where they're like trying to get you to not be like your parents. They're like, no one who made the movie is actually here. Like, stop clapping. It's kind of one of those <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I hear that all the time, but I I know that when the audience claps when the movie's over, when it says directed by so you know, and the audience claps, I was like. Everybody in here just had an amazing time. And that is a good sign that this was a good movie. Like we all just had a really good time. Um, and I think it's, it's almost like it's not, you're not applauding the creators. You're applauding the success into like the universe or, or at least like the other people that are in the theater with you. You're saying like, I don't know who didn't like that movie, but I did. And it's like, it's, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I just think there's something really positive and, and absolutely Maverick was that people cheered and were excited when, when the movie was over. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> I, we were the crazy thing is they showed that entire movie at CinemaCon before anybody else could see it. They showed the whole Top Gun movie and they said grown men were like crying in the movie. Yeah. And I was just they showed like, it at cans and it got a 25 minute standing of it. No, I'm just kidding. But that probably did happen. But it probably would. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, you know, just hearing those kind of emotions and knowing how I felt when I just saw the trailer for The Force Awakens at Celebration, I cannot imagine if they show anything like that this year. Like, it, there's just something about being in a, in a stadium seating type of room with a bunch of people mm -hmm. that care about this thing as much as you do, that it's just, it's life changing. It's, you'll never forget it. And, you know, they, I don't know because it's so fuzzy with like it's like when the with the book sales like nobody knows how many copies of books are sold it's so mm -hmm. bizarre i do find but, that weird because they do records they do movies they do everything but with disney plus like all the reports are that they lost money this past year like i don't know how much a lot um but it almost feels like they're making content just to sustain which mm -hmm. then it makes me think like are they now in a situation where they're thinking like we need to make the movies to support funding the projects for Disney Plus. You know what I'm saying? And there was talk about the parks being that, but Bob Iger recently came out and look, he uh, he's clearly looking to roll things back that were hurting people mm -hmm. in the parks. So I I can't help but think like we need Star Wars to make a lot of money. The best way to do that is a big blockbuster movie and then we could take that profitability and make a Disney Plus series, you know? And mm -hmm. that might be the way they have to go with this. Yeah. Um, so movies it, it, uh, and I'm glad because I feel good about being back. I don't think about the pandemic that like really at all anymore. I know it's still the, it still exists. I'm not saying that, but people are going back to theaters and I think that's a good thing. And uh, I think it's time for star Wars to, to follow suit. Yeah. I, I mean, I was talking with someone earlier today because um, well, not today, but uh, last time I was at work, they, uh, we were discussing that the Tron ride got announced the day that they're opening up. Oh, April, and I was yeah. Like, yeah, and I was like, it's so weird to me because a few years ago, I remember there was this big blast. Like It was like, Tron 3 is happening. Jared Leto signed on. He said he's excited to do it and all this other stuff. And it's like, do like we haven't heard anything. The ride's about to open. Like, Do you really think the ride is going to boost 
the likelihood that the movie gets made? No, you make the movie and then it's more likely that people who saw the movie are going to be like, oh, I got to go ride the ride now at the park. Like that's mm-hmm. what you're going to, you make I one think... you get people into the park. You don't create the ride at the park and hope that funds a movie. It doesn't make any sense. I think there's a lot of stuff that Chappic and or Disney decided to do over the past few years that Iger is now coming back in being like, oh my, what? Oh God. Like, because yeah. it just sounds like every. <laughs> Every once, every couple of days, I'm like hearing something else about Disney that they're like, "We gotta go fix that," or "We're not doing that anymore," or "We're gonna undo what we did," and it's just like, I wouldn't want to be the person that has to go into that meeting and being like, "Here's the long list of things that we need to change in the next year." Oh, and it's our hundredth celebration. Right. <laughs> well, guys, I'd like to report that I looked up the length of the standing ovation at Cannes for Top Gun Maverick, and it was only five minutes. Little low, in <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> it was only five minutes. So how dare they? A little low. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the movie news, uh, and we're going to get into our next section, which Lacey is going to introduce. What's up, Lacey? Yep. All right, guys. It's time for the Patreon Pod Race. All right, so there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, follow us, subscribe on YouTube. We're growing the channel there. We really appreciate it. Um, Or on any of our social platforms at TRB Podcasts, Uh, any audio platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It lets us know how we're doing and also lets new people find us. So we want to grow the resistance and that's how we do it. So in addition to that, if you want to be a part of the resistance, you really want to support what we're doing here and um, support other content that we're making, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, that's it, five bucks. Uh, you can be a part of what we're doing, be a part of the community, make new friends, and you get tons of cool perks like original content, exclusive live streams, uh, where we answer questions and much, much more. Um, and as you go up in the ranks, you get more perks. So you get Discord access um, and you get chances to be a part of the show like this. So if you're a part of our general or Spice Runner tier, you get to be a part of the show. So what we do is we ask you a question, you give us your answer, and then we discuss it. So before we get to that, I do want to say thank you to some of those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, and Diana. Thank you guys so much as generals. Thanks. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thanks for keeping us. Yeah. Woo! Uh, so this week we have the wonderful, I know we say this all the time, we're like, they're so great. Mm. We really mean it. Like these people are all such wonderful people. Top, yeah. top three hug at celebration. Yeah, so great uh, is Jeremy Myers. So his question was, speaking of celebration, which we were yeah. just talking about in our last segment. And meeting uh, people, yeah. And meeting people, yeah. So uh, what are you looking forward to most about Star Wars Celebration this year? So, Jeremy, take it away. Hey, what's up, everybody? So, I am super excited for Celebration. You know, I can't wait to uh, get there. The, the biggest thing I want to do is hang out with everybody. That's the, the most fun I have. Um, 
Looking forward to traveling with Kyle. We're gonna get there early, go check out some soccer games, see the city, then uh, prep for uh, the uh, celebration itself. Looking forward to hanging out with Andrew again. Uh, we've got some plans and uh, meeting Hassan. He's gonna take us over the, uh, the city, um, but especially hanging out with you guys. Um, you know, the Star Wars information we get from you is just as good as getting it from Celebration. So seeing the panels are gonna be great, but uh, the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is, is just the interactions, the having some drinks, uh, meetups, dinners. I think people have mentioned some pub crawls, uh, just doing, doing everything we can to be together as a group and as a family. Uh, you guys mean so much to me, so. Uh, looking forward to meeting new friends and making new connections and and having lots of fun. So can't wait to see you guys in London. Jeremy out. Awesome job, Jeremy. Oh my gosh, just seeing and hearing you is just it's just a, a wonderful moment in my week because you're such a great person. Um, this answer meant a lot to us. Um, I'm sure John and James are going to get into it a little bit here, but I just want to say that I appreciate everything that you said and thank you for taking the time. But we'll come back to me in a second. So go ahead, John. Jeremy, how dare you do this to us? <laughs> um, no, it's, um, you know, we met you in 2019 at Celebration. And I know we hung out, but we didn't really know you that well. And then you got more involved uh, with us. And we got to know you a lot better. And and then this past celebration, like you came to your, our events, you brought your mom, which was amazing. Um, we had, you came to the dinner and we had such a blast there. And then at the bars, like every, just hanging out with you is just like, again, just like seeing somebody you've known for a long time. And then he was so funny. He goes, can I come? And we were like, sure. And so he was just yes. there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now here you are doing this. And I, you know, I got to say, like, I don't usually like pull back the curtain and tell people like how i'm doing stuff but i've had a really rough past few weeks and then seeing watching your pod race and and that that one part where you said um the most important thing yeah yeah i like getting seeing the panels and stuff but i feel like getting that info from you guys is just as, is is even better which is crazy and ridiculous but thank you but then when you said doing everything we can to be together as a group and as a family oh my god <laughs> damn dude i'm getting emotional right now just trying to say that so uh you mean so much to me too man i uh, cannot wait to see you and the fact that like part of the trb family you guys are, like traveling together and doing things before celebration before we even get there first of all i'm jealous of that second of all i think that's freaking amazing man and i can't wait to hang out with you thank you for doing this pod race uh, such a great answer and uh yeah, man, you're the best. So I hope you travel safe and uh, can't wait to hang out soon. We'll see you there. Yeah. James? This pod race gave me a movie idea. <laughs> uh, after after I watched, after I listened to you explain this, Jeremy, it made me think that somebody needs to make a movie about this. Like, not necessarily about our lives, but the idea of a content creator um or social media influencer or something like that and give them the arc let them uh not get along with their family or whatever it is however you want to write that story but let them start their channel 
and build that community. And then at some point, like get to meet those people who have been following and interacting in online with this person as they've gone through ups and downs in their lives and let that movie end with like the positives of what the internet and social media and all sorts of this uh, interactive connectivity of like how something like starting a channel could save somebody's life, how it could change their life for the better because they find the right people. Um, and I was like, James, why are you writing a movie about my life? It's weird. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, yeah, it means everything that you say that what you do. And uh, we are, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but we are so excited to see you and everybody else at Star Wars Celebration. Thank you. Yeah, Jeremy, this really touched us because we, I don't know about these guys. I would assume that they feel the same way I do. But the best part about doing this podcast outside of just hanging out with these guys weekly um, is meeting you guys is talking with you guys geeking out with you guys whether it's online or in discord or you know at an event like this there was nothing better about celebration you know the mandalorian exhibit was great the panels were great disneyland was great my favorite part was all the moments with you guys in the bars and in the restaurant and after our event and just hanging out like the first night we got there when we were just kind of walking around, I think, James, you weren't with us at this time. I think it was just John and I. We walked across the street to the bar and it was just everybody hanging out. And we were just like hanging out, grabbing some beers. And then there was a night we got pizza. Like it was just that's yeah. what it's about. And it, and it's nice to get just kind of reevaluate like this is why we do this. This is what this is about. This is all that matters is the, is being together, having community and supporting one another and uh, your answer meant a lot. So thank you so much. We can't wait to see you. It's so close. I feel like we were like, because the last one was so long a while, like <laughs> so far away was 2022 yeah. that we were like, eventually we'll get there. And now we're like, Oh, so we have like six months. Like, okay. And now we're like, Oh, we have two, three months. Um, but yeah, we'll see you there. So now we're going to head to John for the Kessel Run. All right. Yes, it is back. It's been a long time, but it is time for us to make a list in the Kessel Run. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. That's right, Han. It certainly is. <laughs> and But you're not really a part of this, Han, because you believe in blasters more than anything. Um, but welcome, everybody, to the Kessel Run. So it starts to maybe uh, you're trying to wonder what this is all about. If you're old, you're like, just get to the list. But I need to meet here, balance of the force, right? So this is our segment where we put together a combined list of 12 things in a specific topic in Star Wars. We each have four picks, and we'll take turns to collectively put that list together. And this time it's all about the lightsaber, the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster, an elegant weapon, for a more civilized age. And we're here to give our list of 12 best lightsabers in Star Wars, however you do find that. Um, I'm going to kick it off this time. And my first pick, which I had I had a tough time with these uh, picks, but my first pick is um, Leia's lightsaber. Ooh, that's a Skywalker. Um, I think because of what it means and and when they when they put it together the thought that went into it in terms of the inspiration for it you see a lot of inspiration from luke's lightsaber 
um, which is in effect inspired by Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber. And then when you retroactively um, go back to the Rise of Skywalker after having watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, when you see really the the stronger relationship that Leia really did have with Obi-Wan, it means that much more for that style to be the inspiration for that lightsaber. And I think also just partly because it's there, but we never really got to see Leia use it. Um, Cause I don't know if she was using that one in that scene with her and Luke training. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's in that Luke helped her build her first one. Yeah. I think that um, might've been a training lightsaber or something. Yeah. So it's like a bittersweet thing, but the fact that they gave it to us, I think that was a necessary closure to have that there. And uh, the fact that it played a, a, a role in taking down Palpatine. Then is, again, uh, now that I'm thinking cool. about it, that she got that vision and that would have been like the end of her training. So maybe she had already built it at that point. I, yeah, I don't know if they show the hilt. We'll have to check again. Yeah, that you're right. Yeah. Hilt there. I, it doesn't sound familiar that it was in that scene, but yeah, but you know, it, there is a bittersweetness to it, but the fact that it did play a role in destroying the Sith, I think is really cool. And I like the fact that there is inspiration there between Luke's lightsaber and also um, other elements, which JJ Abrams touched on. I don't have them all in front of me, but clearly an inspiration from Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And again, what they did with Obi-Wan Kenobi just made that more important. The series. Yep. Totally yeah. agree. Who's next? I am uh, next. Lacey. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could say any of that better than you guys said it. I, th- <laughs> I thought the fact that we got to see Leia with a lightsaber enough was pretty epic, but then you get to see what it actually looks like, and you're like, oh, it's like rose gold. It's like so beautiful, just like Leia is. It's perfect. Um, so to kick my section off, I'm going to start with Darth Maul's and the Phantom Menace. Um, reason because it was... I'm pretty sure the first time we saw a double-sided saber, right? It was the first one that we were like, oh, snap. It was kind of like that moment in the trailer, which we've joked about it before here on the show that we're like, we kind of wish they waited for that moment in the movie and not in the trailers and stuff because they kind of gave away that like big moment of how epic Darth Maul was. Um, But I remember just how being in the movie theater with Phantom Menace and just how cool it was, even though he's a bad guy that he has a double-sided saber because we had never seen that before. Yeah. Um, and it is something that I really wanted for Ray, but um, yeah, it, it's just so cool. Cause then you got to see the full fight between he, him and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn. And he was able to fight both of them at the same time. So there was something that went into it more than just being like, Hey, this looks cool. It was like, went into like how the story played out. Um, the look of it itself is pretty straightforward it's just like silver but yeah uh, it has kind of elements that look kind of like rays ish on the end or like a typical lightsaber but Mm -hmm. the idea that it's double-sided is just so cool and i think it really opened the door to like other options that we would eventually see in comics and tv and in movies yeah i i agree um especially when with you saying is like the first time we saw it like it, it whether it was something that fans weren't familiar with uh like oh i never thought about a double set bladed bladed lightsaber or if it was like something maybe uh, potentially from legends or something that got longtime fans like what yes you know like right right gosh like i can't even believe you know they're gonna actually go that route with star wars that's so crazy yeah it definitely blew the minds of so many people 
um, it's got to be on the list. It's the music so is what iconic. kicks it. Yeah. What yeah, pushes it over the edge is the music. Um, and I'll, can I say this real quick? Like from a yeah. just a personal experience, because I know I'm a little older than than you guys. Is little. I remember when Phantom Menace came out. I was 16, and me and my friends like we got the lightsabers and stuff and they had the Darth Maul lightsaber and we were camping out for tickets for the Phantom Menace and there were people like fighting with lightsabers and stuff and people had the Darth Maul one and we we're like, Oh, look out for that guy. You know? So I think mm -hmm. I agree with you, Lacey. I think that the surprise reveal would have been a big theater moment, but I think the, the, the hype of it was even bigger at that point. Cause people were like, look at this dude and the toy came out and it'll be like, we've had that discussion <laughs> about like, maybe they need to what's, reveal what's a little more. Had? The Darth, the Darth Maul that just sat in the theater after he was dead. Was it? I thought that was your story, Lacey. No, it wasn't. I was just dying at that story where the Maybe guy. That it was, was one of our. Uh, it was Steven's one of our story. It that was, was made our, up. Wasn't that a no, resistance our, transmission? No, it was one of our patron. It was a resistance transmission, but it was oh. like, what is a memory that stuck with you? And it was someone's oh, memory wow. that they had. The guy was just like John said. Yeah, like he some was, guy so was dressed pumped, up, but then like, he was so hyped. Just sitting there like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> done. Cooked. Oh, God, it kills me. Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to stay on that train. Then uh, my next picks is going to be the Inquisitor lightsaber. Nice. Um, because I think what they were trying to do with that and successfully did was take the double bladed lightsaber and go, okay, I've got an opponent in front of me. Like this guy is obviously going to be a problem because they've got two lightsabers and they obviously are going to know how to use it. But then when that thing starts spinning, <laughs> it immediately goes, I don't, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what's about to happen. And mm -hmm. uh, Re Rebels did something really cool by giving us that. Um, they made all of those characters very distinct. And I know I think they have like technically different versions, but what really going off the model here, the idea of the Inquisitor lightsaber, um, which mm -hmm. has carried over to even Solo in live action now of seeing like that style of a lightsaber. And um, I just think there's something really awesome about that spinning action that even gave us in some cases, um, which I don't know if it really, if it is the thing that's levitating them or not, but, uh, or they're just like using that as sort of a tactic mm -hmm. for, and they're using the force to hover themselves or whatever, but, right. um, but yeah, they get, it kind of gave us like flying Sith, you know, it, it, to some degree. And as stupid as that sounds like watch rebels and you will be intimidated by those people. When they show up, they make it look really good. And the fact that like you can hold it to the ground and it's, ba -ba 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 -ba, and it's like cutting the ground open and stuff. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's a cool lightsaber, man. It's undeniably, uh, unique and uh, very intimidating. I got to go with Inquisitor lightsabers on my list. Yeah. And just sonically, like the sound of a lightsaber um, moving and moving that rapidly is another intimidation in itself, you yes. know, and it's a very cool sound. So I think, I think that's a good pick because it's like, where do we go from here? Cause we have your standard lightsaber and then they hit us with the double, the double edged saber, like Lacey just picked. They're like, well, what do we do now? They're like, oh, let's spin this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and then you get, then you get uh, other stuff that I don't know if anybody picked this or not because James doesn't like to reveal his picks. But uh, <laughs> in in other realms of Star Wars, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> good pick, good pick. We're off to a, we're off to a, a 
a winning start so far. Um, my next one, I'm going to go with uh, a unique one in, in its own right by color uh, and and some specific etching in it in the hilt. Mace Windu. Uh, I and, and a lot of this has to do with um, real life just because that video of um, like the moment Samuel, it happened. Yeah, Samuel Jackson talking about his, the color of his lightsaber and George Lucas just goes, he goes, well, why are, they, why are these colors this way? And George goes, well, the good guys use blue and green and, and the, bad guys, the bad guys use red. And he's like... <laughs> it's so simple. And, then... and he goes, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. And, and, um, and, and uh, Samuel Jackson goes, well, I want purple. And he goes, well, you, you could maybe have purple. <laughs> and then and then he gets it and then apparently he he claims he etched bad mf into his hilt mm-hmm. um, it says to say B, bmf oh maybe bmf yeah but he still has it to this day and he like he took a photo of it recently and, and shared it and i just think that whole aspect of it is cool that the fact that samuel jackson's like he listens to George Lucas, who created Star Wars, explaining why these colors are the, the way they are, which is, again, way more simple than people like to make it these days, which is good guys, these two, bad guys, this one. And he's like, well, I want purple. And he's like, well, uh, well, maybe you could, maybe you could have purple. And then he gets it. So. Well, that was awesome. It, yeah, I just looked it up. It is BMF. It's and he also a, beat Palpatine with it. Really? Yes. He won that fight. Yes. He did. He totally did. Well, that is a great pick. And the story along with it is just what makes it such a classic because it's the behind the scenes stuff, which always makes things, I think, for me just personally. like backing down to the intimidation of Samuel L. Jackson. Well, that and it's just like when you hear things like that, they mean that much more. Like it just oh, takes sure. it that yeah. much higher in yeah. the level of like coolness. Yeah. Um, so speaking of color, my next one I chose because of its color. Um, I know there's tons of reasons. John gave a couple earlier kind of related to this, but... Um, my next choice is Luke's lightsaber, the green one from Return of the Jedi. Uh, so this is my pick because it's green. (laughs) It was a very shocking choice when you first see it in Return of the Jedi that you're like, oh my God, it's green. Uh, it, it, it looks cool, but there's nothing better for me in Star Wars than when, when he ignites that lightsaber on Tatooine at Jabba's palace and that whole sequence of events is like, my top tier star wars like i will watch that till the end of time over and over and over again um and i just feel like this lightsaber is just one of the best ones because it's not only because it's luke's but because it was green and that was different at the time than anything we had seen before that so yeah there's there's a lot to love about that lightsaber one like george was like well there's blue sky in the scene so we need to do a different color to contrast that but also, the fact that when you hear Luke's lightsaber ignite, if you close your eyes or if you're blind, you know that's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. It's a, <laughs> it's a different sound. Yeah, like I yes. can. You guys I guess, say that. I'm, I'm, I always, I'm anxious for one day being able to quiz you guys on that because I Let's really do don't think I could ever tell any. That would be the most difficult. Sound. How are you? Or who are, who are you? you? Let's do who I are you? I think that uh, we got to do that one day. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I did great. Really? Thanks, James. Thank Get you so honest. much. Brad. And yeah, you, you, you heard it. You heard it here first, just in case. Yeah, Lacey wants what? to do a, a "Who are but, you?" But I do. Um, I I would do that one. I think that one's fun. I think that'd be fun. I think um, I honestly think I could do it because I figured out ways to add 
some sound effects into the into the show. I think so. there are oh. some that are very distinct, but I'm sure they are a little, all a little different. I think I could get half, maybe. Like, unless they're deep cut ones from like an episode of Clone Wars, that was like a Saj Ventress's backup I, lightsaber or something. But I get, I get know. this feeling that you think you think you know until you're in the moment when it's like, sure, and you're like, are we doing it? Wait, hold on, though. Are we doing it where you can only hear it once, or are we going to get a repeat? I think you could do repeats. It would depend on the clip. Like, I'd be like, yeah, if you start listening for what's maybe in the background of this, it would be harder or easier. Um, We should just do all different types of sounds and then have a round of lightsabers. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. The other thing that's cool about Luke's green lightsaber is that it was literally the same prop as Obi-Wan's from A New Hope. They repainted Mm it. But (laughs) in story, it's really cool. Like the Leia thing, it's really cool that Luke's like, he was inspired by Obi-Wan and he like constructed the feel and look of his lightsaber based on the first person who taught him how to use it. So I think that's awesome. Right. That's a great pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so who we got James up on uh, pick six. So we're halfway there. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually going to do an in, in real time change of my answer. Um, not that you Ooh. guys know. Anyway, I, I was <laughs> going to put Obi-Wan's Padawan lightsaber. Um, because that when I did like I got my the lightsaber book and I went through them all and I was looking and I was like, which one do I really like? Like if I was going to pick a lightsaber to be my lightsaber in the world, it would probably be this one. I just liked it and the way it would f- look and feel. But there's not much to talk about with it. It just it looked neat and I feel like I would like to hold it. Um, but one that I'm going to change it to and I'm going to move this one up from like my five to my four you know moving it into the the ranks that get noted i'm gonna mm-hmm. go with the 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 gung gungi gungi i can't remember his name but i'm gonna go with that wooden one from the clone wars for, with the wookie oh that is, wow yeah. that is cool i think that one pops up more than people like to admit like like can it's anybody gungi. gungi yeah can anybody describe the other padawan's lightsabers in that scene no like his no. stands out it's so cool so, and it immediately takes you back to uh, Revenge of the Sith and like the woods and the trees and everything. You're like, he obviously has an emotional connection to this design. We've never seen wood ever in a in a uh, lightsaber design before. So it's extremely unique in that sense. It looks very comfortable. It looks like it could almost be a weapon. Uh, like it looks like a sphere or a dagger in and of itself. Um, Mm -hmm. without even needing to be a lightsaber. So it's deadly. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, we've seen in the trailer and I didn't super analyze it, but Bad Batch coming up, we're probably going to get it more. I think this is a a lightsaber that needs to be noted on some of the best looking and designed lightsabers uh, of all time. Is that it? Yeah. So I I cheated and I looked this up and it's uh, made from a Brylark tree which um, I assume is on Kashyyyk, um, but it says it's as strong as metal. Um, so that's uh, pretty cool and organic. So I I dig it. And it's, it's, again, one of those things where they're like, how can we do something new with a lightsaber? And then they do that. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> so I think that's a really it, cool pick. Um, it stands especially... out. It's immediately yeah, exactly. recognizable. Yeah, very cool. Did they make a toy of that? That's I don't know. I think that cool that would toy. be an awesome um, Galaxy's Edge special. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where you mm-hmm. can buy the real one and it is like it's, you know, some type of poplar or oak or something, you know, whatever they want to do. But yeah. they can call it whatever they want. I dig it. I dig it. Um, all right. My next one, I'm going big. Um, I got it back there. I'm going with the Darth Vader lightsaber. Mm. Um, it um, just, you know, there's nothing flashy about it, but that's Darth Vader. You know, it's it personifies evil, but it's a very similar hilt to Anakin's. Um, it has those black grips at the bottom so he still knew what he liked with a lightsaber uh, but obviously he went with uh, a red ble- uh, bled uh, crystal and it has you're gonna say i'm crazy it has a distinct sound when he lights that thing up too it's a little slower it's a little more brooding and no one forgets what it was like watching that rogue one scene in the hallway for the first time and seeing that lightsaber slowly ignite and I'm pretty sure Darth Vader is able to control the speed of the ignition of his lightsaber for dramatic effect. As we all know from one of our older episodes, no one likes a dramatic entrance more than Darth Vader. Um, and just the iconic scenes of him swinging that lightsaber around and stuff. So it's nothing flashy. It's nothing too crazy. But it's just iconic because it's Darth Vader's and it's very recognizable. Absolutely. That's a great choice, I think. It's so it's funny. easy of a choice, but I, I, I feel no, like this list needed no. to have it on there. You know what I mean? I think it's definitely important. He's the biggest villain of Star Wars, so it's important yeah. to have that on there. But I think it's just so interesting when you look at the sabers themselves, they look like the people that are holding them. It's kind of like that joke where like people look like their dogs. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like these heroes look like their their lightsabers. So I agree. And I it is funny Yoda's that his is like shorter than everybody yeah, a else. Little, yeah. <laughs> so it is funny that you say that that uh his lightsaber kind of ignites slower and like also like it totally does, like this kind of calm, like menacing. Mm-hmm personality is in his lightsaber and it's funny you say that because uh i've been bringing these lightsabers in front of me just so i can kind of hear what you guys are saying and then hearing like look through what i'm saying as well my next one very much looks like the person (laughs) that it it is uh i couldn't do this list without this lightsaber because you know what's coming I, 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 Kylo Ren. I don't know what okay i didn't know which one (laughs) i know it said the look yeah i mean Kylo Ren's lightsaber, which I know there's probably several of you and probably only really a handful that cried out saying, but Lacey, what about Ben Solos? I did not pick him in this list. I'm going to spoiler alert. I did not pick his. Maybe someone else did. I did not. Reason because his Ben Solo saber is basically his Kylo Ren one, but it isn't as janky as his Kylo Ren one, which just makes me laugh. So when you look at Kylo Ren's lightsaber, first of all, he spray painted it black, which makes me laugh because that's like, I'm going to paint my fingernails black. I'm like, <laughs> really mean now. And there's just something about it's that. It's a that's little just, broken, like my soul. <laughs> yeah, it's just really kind of funny. And then you look at it and there's like wires going up the back. He puts the things on the side. So I'll get back to that in a second. But when he ignited this lightsaber in the first teaser trailer for Star Wars Force Awakens. You mean when Luke ignited the lightsaber? No, when Kylo Ren did. Uh, The amount of craziness that exploded within fandom, within pop culture of, oh my God, what is that? Uh, Who is that? What could this mean? It was once again that Darth Maul moment of we have never seen this before. Um, And 
he also, like John's been saying, has a very distinct ignition. It ignites the long part first and then the two short sides. Um, and I have the Hasbro FX saber at home and it definitely has a certain tone. Even when it's on, it's like a very like, rah, 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 rah. like it sounds like it's going to break, Crackle. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like we were just talking about with personalities, this saber is very much Kylo Ren's personality. There's something wrong. Not everything's going well. <laughs> He's trying to patchwork his life together into the saber. And the joke I was going to make earlier is if him and Ray ever did end up together, she would definitely look at this being like, what is this crap? Because Ray <laughs> Ray is the ultimate builder. She's very much like into building her own saber. She likes fixing other things, mm-hmm. droids, mechanical stuff. She would look at this lightsaber, which we know she grabbed it in The Last Jedi. She yeah. probably thought in her head, what the hell is this thing? Because yeah. it is busted. He's driving yeah. that like beat up 2003 Toyota <laughs> that he will not give up and has been like kicking the side to get it to turn on in the morning. Like this is a very Han Solo move of him to be walking around with this thing. So that's and why I picked Kylo Ren. Allow us to apologize to those of you driving your <laughs> 03 Toyota to work right yeah. now. Okay, I'm not saying podcast. all of them are bad. I'm saying no, I'm just kidding. Oh, he's yeah. driving a beat up one. Yeah, guys, you have a 20 um, year old Toyota. Sell your car, right? Um, for no, safety I, reasons, a, mostly. That's a that's a that's a good pick. By the way, my I think my car is dying. By the way, so who am I to say? <laughs> I was going to say uh, a cord, but process. I thought it was not, too close. Not me, right. but my wife. Yeah, is buying a new. Yeah, we're, yeah. The the the, the, the resistance is having trouble with our vehicles right now. But John, um, I'm not even kidding. I was like, it's like a beat up 2003. I was like a cord. I was like, don't say a cord. Don't say. <laughs> Hey, Honda Accords are good cars. Mine's just... Uh, I know that, but like that's what popped into my head based on what you've been going through. And I was no, like, don't say that. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, it's a great pick. Uh, you, you said it all, and it's just the volatility of it. And is again, they figured out a way to make a unique lightsaber. And I remember... It's not I'll pretty. never, ever forget <laughs> seeing that first teaser and seeing that side stance and the, the two blades come out and going like, What? So, oh my god, and the gifts that came from it where he was like igniting all these things like a Swiss army knife and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. Um, all right, James, you're up with our ninth pick before our final round. I cleared my ninth pick with Lacey before this, but I might still have to fight you on it, John. Um, I- I'm painting a very broad stroke here because when I was going through my list, I was like, oh, you got to do one of these, right? And I started looking and I'm like, Oh, for Nestor Rose, that's great. I'm like, Lord Kovacs, that's great. I'm like, Stellan Geos, oh, that's awesome. You know what? I, this is what I'm going to do. If we're picking the best lightsabers in Star Wars, you have to say that w- one of the list is every High Republic lightsaber. It's nuts. And that's going to be my pick. It's the the creativity that went into those particular lightsabers it's like we got one in the Phantom Menace. It's like, wow, that lightsaber is really awesome. They just went completely off the wall with the High Republic. Every character's lightsaber is distinct, different, awesome, looks cool, such good designs. They're so different and unique. Um, 
it's it's quite incredible and that's where you're you're getting all the like the weird ones with like the whips and you're getting cross guard lightsabers that like instead of just coming out the sides like they're electric bolts that that mm-hmm. drop down you're getting all sorts of like um uh well i guess that's still kind of like the cross guard style but like just so many different unique things that are happening in the high republic that um they don't they're not just saying well your main character gets a really cool unique design that we can sell as a toy they're like all these characters are equal to us and we're putting we're gonna hire a group of people to come up with at the absolute coolest designs they can and then we'll just assign them to every one of these characters and as they roll out everybody gets an awesome lightsaber so i i think they uh, we're not holding anything back on any of those characters and have really outdone themselves when it comes to cre- creatively uh, developing uh, what that technology looked like 300 years before the Phantom Menace. Every High Republic lightsaber is awesome. Well, that's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of people are completely unaware of them because it's book only totally. right now. Totally. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's, it's comic. It's comic. So you can see them there. True. True. Um, he's saying yeah. reading material. There's nothing in like live action. Yeah. Or... Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I know what he's saying. I'm just throwing that out there too, that that is a way that you can see them in a canon type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Height of it's the a great Jedi. Choice. They should have the best weapons, uh, you know, for a more civilized age. And that was the civilized age. So Sp- spared no expense. They're not really up against anything. Yeah, so Jurassic they're spending Park all Park? their time sitting around. They got a bunch of money. They got time. They're not fighting anybody. So they're making all these awesome designs. And then all of a sudden the bad guys come out and they're like, oh, we have to actually fight a war. We've been just <laughs> building lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. So not worried no, about that's, anything. Uh, no, that's a that's a very inventive and, and smart pick. Good job. Um, my last round, right? Um, so my last one, um, going big, going for the grand slam. Uh, and it's the uh, Anakin, aka Skywalker legacy lightsaber. Um, Absolutely. Not much else to say about it. Everyone knows. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one. One that was almost attached to a hand at the beginning of The Force Awakens. How about that? I saw a really good fan video that they cut together, all the people using it, and it was just such a great use of like just all the content that's attached to that lightsaber. So that's a great pick. It was definitely somewhat on my list, but I couldn't. I had to pick my favorite lightsaber of all time, Mm -hmm. and you guys know what it is if you know me, and it is Ray's yellow lightsaber. (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course it is. Um, We saw this lightsaber for what? Probably like maybe 30 seconds and it became my favorite lightsaber of all time. (laughs) Everything about it, I think, is just perfect. First of all, it's Rey's. She's the best character. Uh, It's Rey's. It's yellow, which I love for her because that was something that everyone always kind of guessed what her color would be. And yeah. every single person picked yellow. Every time I saw someone talk about what Ray's lightsaber would be, it would be yellow because she's a bright light sunshine in Star Wars of, you know, hey, she's she's the hope. She's who's going to save the day. That too. Um, <laughs> shooting yeah, lightning right, at her right, hands. But, right. All right. Now, I said it earlier and I stick by that. Like, I really wish she did get a double-sided lightsaber. I thought... Yeah that would have been perfect for her. They set it up in TFA with her fighting with her staff. And that's ultimately what she uses to make the yellow lightsaber. Um, But yeah, there's a reason why I nagged Hasbro for what was it? Two and a half years (laughs) 
to make this lightsaber to the point that they were yeah. like, Lacey, shut up. Um, but they did an amazing job and they got down the ignition, which is the coolest part of the lightsaber. It switches from blue to green to yellow um, when she ignites it. And I think John's right again. I think it has a distinct sound when it ignites and then starts up. So yeah. I really hope we do play this game because it sounds like and, it could be fun. But And the switching, it's not a button or a, a, no, it's a push. A swish, it's a flip. Like, yeah. It's like a, a switch ignition. Yeah, rotating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's the coolest lightsaber in Star Wars. I, I love it. I love how she also uses like her own armbands as like the grip on the lightsaber. I was gonna say that because uh, you you said it looks you like her. Kylo's. Yeah. You yeah. said then my next pick looks like the character, and I was like, I don't know which one you're going with because Kylo's looks like Kylo, but Ray's looks like looks Ray. Like it Ray. even has it... the bandages and stuff on it, yeah. uh, which represents her scavengerness. Um, but uh, but yeah, I we gotta I see it again. We gotta yeah. see. We gotta see that. Thing. I yeah. honestly wish it's in <laughs> Battlefront. I have many critiques. Like when you play as Ray, you can fight with that. If she fights with that lightsaber, I do not think she fights with the, um, with Anakin's. the Luke's. Yeah, Anakin's. Yeah, yeah. However you want to look at it. I strongly believe they should have had her with that the whole movie. They should have kicked off the movie with her that with her like with that, and let her fight with that. But did she not become a Jedi until the end of the journey? Do you need to make to be a Jedi to have your own lightsaber? To build your own, you have to be a Jedi. I think that's the last step in becoming a Jedi. I believe. We probably know the real reason, and it's they wanted to end it with Luke and Leia's lightsabers burying it in the sand. Yes. Yeah. But I that. strongly believe that she should have fought with that the but whole. That yellow lightsaber is going to clash with a red blade from somebody, and there's going to be these big orange blasts. Like it's going to be a cool thing to see that we have. It's going to be like McDonald's. Before. Yeah. Yellow and red. <laughs> it's gonna be like Hulkamania, man. You guys have seen uh, ketchup and mustard before. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> that could also be a part of it, though. If you're thinking about it, like film-wise, yellow versus red doesn't look good as red versus blue, like on yeah. posters, on anything. Like, if well, you're better look at good because hopefully we get that. So. Well, the end of that movie was very blue. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I'm saying what you would pick if you were looking at the contrasting color is like if it was a yeah. bad guy, it would be a purple lightsaber. Well, now we all know the sides of the color wheel. what this last pick is going to be. Because process of elimination, <laughs> there's one lightsaber we haven't mentioned that's very important. And I've got it right there up on the wall. And that is the dark saber. Oh, you ah. did get it. Okay, good. We were trying to hint James to get it earlier today. <laughs> yeah, well, John's, John threw it out there. He's like, I assume you would want that one, and I never responded to him. <laughs> Which means yes. Yeah, I I see the stuff, and then I, I also kind of make my list, and then I look to see what you guys took, and there were there were a bunch. I mean, like I put Kylo's on there, I put Ray's on there, and they were in my tops, but I was like, yeah, fine, they can have it. I'm gonna, I, I totally have no problems going with High Republics and animation lightsabers and stuff. Um, but coincidentally, I looked at my list and I said all of mine are uh, animation, and then I was like, no, Inquisitors are live action, and uh, the Dark is now live action, which is really cool. Um. But the dark saber, it, it it just it means so much in Star Wars lore, and you you might not even know that uh, having not seen Rebels or Clone Wars or other things like that. But uh, 
now that we understand how big the Mandalorian is, how successful it is. And uh, that was, it was the big moment at the end of the Mandalorian uh, season one. They, he, that you see it come out of that tie fighter and immediately everybody's like, you know, everybody who knows what it is, is astonished that it is what it is. But anybody who doesn't is so blown away by what they're looking at. What is that? What kind of a lightsaber is that? That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. This black and white uh, thing that just doesn't, it, it all, it's like a negative lightsaber and the, the hilt is just the way it's styled and it's so the way it looks so cool. It's so, so unique. Cool. It's just yeah. a great lightsaber. And um, as much as, you know, uh, all the other ones that we've mentioned as far as stories behind like Anakin's and then Luke's and Ray's and all those stories mean a lot. But this lightsaber hasn't even begun. I mean, it re it really is like how many people it's already passed through and what it means to pe be passed to the next person. And it's like the, the lore already goes back so far. So they have... Uh, thousands of years to like fill in the gaps of of who else could have had this lightsaber i'm wondering where it is during the sequel trilogy like where because that's yeah. her first question is like where is it where is, is it, it getting destroyed yeah that is also mm. possible yeah it's it's it has such a uh long legacy and the potential future uh but we will see what happens with the dark saber in mandalorian season three can't yes, wait. indeed. It's so um, cool. Another one that has a very distinct sound. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I figured out. I really don't. <laughs> I'm so glad I would host the show because I would just fail. <laughs> oh, you're gonna host it, and then we. I would imagine I would get the sounds together and let you two go back and forth because I. I'm, yeah, I let promise James you. It. How about I promise right, you? How about I this? would just be like, it sounds like a lightsaber every round. What if we, if we could find a way to get somebody from skywalker sound to also join and see if they can guess too that would be cool yeah oh my god so we'll... they'd be like you're all morons or or it, it would <laughs> of it, course it would... it's the sound in a ridiculous world uh maybe they could bring on samples and quiz the three of us they have what like, you should do or something yeah. right but what you should do is have people buzz in with the correct answer who does it first yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know how we would do that, but we mm. can figure out a way. Absolutely. Yes, this is the way. Um, all right, great <laughs> list. So to run it down, here we go. We have uh, Leia's lightsaber, followed by Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace, uh, the Inquisitors, uh, Mace Windu, then Luke's green lightsaber, uh, then number six, Gungi's wooden lightsaber, followed by Darth Vader, uh, Kylo Ren, then every High Republic lightsaber. Yes. Anakin's, a.k.a. the Skywalker legacy lightsaber. Uh, Rey's new gold lightsaber and the dark saber. So there's your Kessel run of our collective picks of the 12 best lightsabers in Star Wars. But we want to know what you think. What do you think of our list? What do you think of our picks? Our chat about those picks because that's my favorite part is just talking about them and then let us know in the comments or on twitter trb podcasts email whatever you prefer what your picks would be uh because there's a lot of lightsabers to choose from and there's a lot of cool ones a lot of cool stories about them and and that's the nerdy part of uh that that uh, we all love so much so uh, we hope you enjoyed that and that brings us towards the end of the show so we want to thank everybody for listening watching being a part of trb 
We hope we kicked off your Monday with some good feelings because sometimes Mondays can be a bummer. But uh, it is uh, Martin Luther King Day. So happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody. And um, we hope everyone's having a uh, good time uh, out there today. But we will be uh, back with you, of course, on Thursday with uh, another live episode. Uh, but if you haven't yet, go back and check out our episode with Greg Grunberg. Uh, one of the best times we've had. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm speaking for the three of us when I say one of the best guests uh, podcasts we've had. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, our, also our uh, special episode we did on Willow. Um, we, right. we recapped Willow. That we series recapped is the finale. So that was so good. So that's on the podcast fees on the channel as well. And just make sure you're subscribing, like Lacey said, uh, whether it's audio or video or both, it's free. So go to the channel, go to you know Spotify, wherever. Um, but also uh, Patreon is a, is a huge deal for us too. And we're so close as we're recording this. Hopefully we passed it. We were only two away from 400 ratings on Spotify. So two of you go rate us on Spotify. Please get us over that hump there because that helps people find us. So uh, thank you all very much for all of your continued support. And we have uh, a lot more coming as we get closer to celebration and a lot more plans that we're working on behind the old scenes, as they say. But for now, I will say you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. And my movie podcast, just like the movies, uh, we just put an episode last week on The Town. So go check it out. Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillern and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillern. All right, James. If you want to talk to me, you could reach out at, at Myra Trunks on Twitter and Instagram both. Oh, and we will be giving our thoughts on Bad Batch. Um, uh, but make sure you're checking out James's reviews. He's reviewing every episode right. exclusively on the YouTube channel. So uh, another reason to sub over there and spread the word. We appreciate and Mando it tonight. Very, very much. Mando tonight. Yes, tonight. Yes, we are <laughs> reacting live to the Mandalorian trailer halftime. So and hopefully the Cowboys get whooped. And I can't believe I'm saying this by Tom Brady. So anyway, <laughs> I love Tom Brady. Yay! We Yay. go Giants. Um, which actually by the time this airs they would have played so hopefully they won <laughs> but anyway we hope everyone has a wonderful night and if you're joining us later we'll see you later live for our Mando trailer reaction otherwise we'll see you on Thursday for TRB Live because we're always here we're not going anywhere so we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast see you around kids <laughs>